welcome to Specific Overtures with Nate and Amjoy, a podcast dedicated to diversity in American theater. This week, I interview our very own Amjoy Gavino. Recording. Yes. Hello. hello. Welcome to brunch. <laughs> brunch. Uh, Cheers. You can't see us, but we are sipping. Um, this is the brunch uh, episode of our podcast. We are at my <laughs> our house. Our choice of drink. Our choice of drink. Well, uh, you know, mimosas uh, have champagne and orange juice, and orange juice, and screwdrivers have vodka, vodka. and orange juice. But today, today, we're doing. Tequila sunrises. Tequila sunrises. And so, it's delightful. And they're in mason jars, so it's very hipster of I us. I know. I feel so earthy. Yeah. I got this at the Crafty Beaver. They're very, very cheap <laughs> if you buy them in a case. Also, and I get to say juice, The orange juice beaver. is delicious. The orange juice is from Mariano's, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from my <laughs> my location. I know. We're at we're at your place. We're at my place. Time. Yes. We switched yes. it up. Yes. And... We're interviewing you today. Me. Instead of me, we're at your home now. We <laughs> so are if I accidentally for... talk about myself, it's okay <laughs> at this podcast. Okay, and I'll, I'll try not to talk <laughs> just about hold myself. It in. Just keep it in. <laughs> It'll be okay. All right, MJ. Now I have to ask all the questions That's today. Right, okay. I have to find where. Oh, there they are. Great. Um, okay, so you. We're gonna start it like we always do. Okay. Say your full name. Oh. Well, get ready. Here we go. Do you know my full name? No, I don't know your full name. That's why you're asking. My full name is Emma Hyacinth Joyce Maria Reyes Badong Gavino Peterson. (laughs) Peterson is the last part of that. Okay. Can you explain (laughs) all of those to me? All right. So, I'm Filipino Catholic. Right? So... uh, I feel like that's the explanation you need. Okay. Um, Emma is my first name. Uh, a hyacinth, I think, is my mom's favorite flower. Joyce, my mom's little brother's name is Joey. So Joyce, <laughs> um, Maria is Catholic. Uh, Reyes is my mom's maiden name. Badong is my dad's mom's maiden name. This is gonna be the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. you Forty minutes. Forty minutes later, she's still talking about her stupid name. Um, Gavino is my dad's maiden name. And um, my married name is Peterson. So um, I, when I was uh, trying to figure out a business name, a stage name, right. M. Joy Gavino makes a lot of sense. So I yeah. took my first name and my third name because M. High, while adorable, is is not as, I think, uh, pleasant sounding as M. Joy. Yeah, so, M. Joy is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> totally <weird. laughs> So that's So that's been my, my name uh, that people know me as, is M. Joy. Do you ever have to, like, write out all of those I names? I do. And here's what gets confusing is, like, I forget, like, who has what name. And then, like, I have, when, when they're passing out checks for the first week, I have a very confused stage manager going, Emma Peterson? Is there <laughs> an Emma? And this then I just brilliant. take it. I'm like, this is mine. Just, just get out. It's fine. It's me. This is me. I, I'm yes. like interested in your background and like, oh. where did you grow up? Is like, when did your family immigrate here? Mm-hmm. And like, like what? I want. I don't know that about oh, you. Okay. Um, I grew up in. Um, well, the short answer would be, I'd say Seattle, Washington, and that's a lie. Okay. Just like when people say they're from Chicago and they're not they're usually not. from Chicago. Yeah. I grew up in Renton, Washington. Renton, Washington. Renton. 
Renton, Washington, but oh, it's, but it's Renton, Washington, Renton. Renton. <laughs> um, my school is by a Kmart, so I feel like you're getting like a full picture of, of how I grew up real Catholic. I grew up real Catholic and I was there until I went to high school in, I went to Catholic uh, middle school, St. Anthony's Parish by the Kmart. Mm-hmm. That's the full title, St. Anthony's Parish by the Kmart. Where I thought I was going to become a nun. When you I was did. a little kid, I was you going to did. become a nun. A nun or a missionary. Oh. That was my, like, when I was... Like, kid, what were you, what yeah. would you be when you yeah, grow yeah, up? Yeah, 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 yeah. A nun or a Obviously missionary. a nun or a missionary because my favorite color was sky blue and that's the color of heaven. So, <laughs> I mean, do you follow my logic? That's clearly what's going to happen. So... <laughs> Um, and then high school, my mom, okay, so two, two things that are true, uh, are that my parents were super Catholic, but also very protective. So, um, no dating, uh, no shaving at the legs. Um, and then my mom had also a very great, uh, uh, experience at an all girls school. So those, those facts combined, um, sent me to an all girls school for high school. (laughs) So then what made you decide to go into theater eventually? So um, my next course of action with my parents, like um, protecting me from the world was (laughs) I was not allowed to go out of state. And it had to be at least for school. A, for school. I okay. had to be at least at a Christian college. Wow. And um, Seattle Pacific University had toured through Forest Ridge. First of all, they had really cute guys, um, which I was, <laughs> was a little that your, deprived. Was, was that your basis of like, your choice? Well, that, but it was school. also like they were they were doing these things, and and I was talking to these. It was at like five or six uh, girls and guys um, who uh, the university players. It is kind of evangelical, but it's also evangelical for Seattle Pacific University to like get students to come to the college very uh, very wise yeah but I was talking to them and they're like yeah we're all in scholarship they're paying 40% of our tuition this year and I'm like oh my gosh so I get to perform and tour and they pay for a lot of my tuition that's amazing and cute boys and cute boys <laughs> cute tall boys who wore plaid how dreamy is that um and so I uh, I was like well I don't need to look any further (laughs) I'm I'm only allowed to go to you know and again I didn't know um at that point I think I had switched my mind to uh becoming a therapist okay um I wanted I was interested in psychology okay and so uh so I think I went from mission uh, being going into mission work to social work Mm -hmm. to psychology which actually if you think about it it's it's very logical yeah yeah and, and then going to acting, it's yeah, kind of the same thing. You're it is. still like you're, you're interested in people, in people right? And how people act. And um, how... Although one one end of the spectrum is helping lots of other people, and then if you, <laughs> depending on who you are, acting is helping yourself. yourself. But like it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. But um, you know, so I and I did want to. I was between that and like arts therapy. I was really interested in oh, arts yeah. therapy. But the only program, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the program the program that I was interested in was in Berkeley College of Music. Okay. And yeah. and it had a really great. Program program and it looked like I I could go but my parents just said no outside school so I couldn't apply um I mean I could have but I didn't um and I was like oh and I'm I'm gonna be a psychologist anyway and SPU had a great site has a great psychology program has great medical programs actually and they have this theater troupe that tours around and like pays for your tuition so I was like obviously I'm gonna go here and the campus is gorgeous and so I did that and I signed up for psychology courses mm-hmm. and I took one theater class 
and that I think this is similar to Philip Dawkins's story actually uh-huh. that professor was an adjunct and she she had her own theater company and 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 was a director and she pulled me aside and she's like why are you not majoring in this you're good and I was like that, that's like very similar to my story too just like one person saying yeah. you shouldn't be going yeah. this way why are you doing this yeah. like you should be doing well theater. and it didn't help that that the one psychology class I took was boring as hell like <laughs> I, I was yes. just like oh, I don't want to do this statistics yeah. and, oh. yeah. so I um, here is the dark part of the story <laughs> never told my parents I was majoring in psychology until I graduated or, uh, majoring in theater, theater until I graduated you didn't tell them? no how did you keep Sorry. that a secret? well what, how would they know? I guess. I, I mean, was I was living on campus and like they knew I was going to school for something and they knew I was doing plays but like I was always going to do plays. Mm-hmm. So they just there So when did you switch? That freshman year. Freshman year. Yeah. You're like, okay, done. Yeah. Now similar to your story, um they didn't know what to do with me in that theater department because mm-hmm. I was the only minority. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Minimus, so I played a monkey." <laughs> A pinhead. I played a circus freak in Elephant Man. Okay, yeah. And then I was cast. Um, the one theater, the one teacher who told me I should major in, in acting. She, I was cast in Arsenic and Old Lace as the oh. romantic lead, which I think, yeah. Um, and that was the one like normal. Not that pinheads aren't normal, but the one ingenue that I played. Um, but I was always up for parts, and then they never went for me, and like. After a full year of that, and then with that theater, with that teacher saying, oh, you should major in it, I just mm-hmm. started, I gave up, and I auditioned in Seattle Professional Theater. Professional. And they have a great, that's a great theater town it is. too. And they, I got hired, I got paid to do things on stage, yeah. and was not playing a monkey, and um, <laughs> no offense to monkeys, or people who like playing monkeys, but I did that already. It's um, fun. Yeah, but it's also like I didn't know did what my else? academic theater career was going to be. And mm-hmm. did I would I have preferred to just be part of our theater community and like stay on campus? Yeah, it would have been easier. Yeah. But I got frustrated because I'm like, I, I feel you. you don't know how <laughs> to use me. Yeah. And these people do. Now, granted, I was booking roles that were very Asian specific, but I was fine with that yeah. because like I got to be Waverly in Joy Luck Club, which was awesome. And I got yeah. to be, you know, in Sadako and the paper, uh, Thousand Paper Cranes. And like, I had a great resume by the time I graduated that mm-hmm. no one else in my college campus had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have turned equity at senior year. I didn't, but I could have. Yeah. Um, and in Seattle, much like Chicago, you don't There's... really want to do that. Right away, yeah. So yeah, but like <laughs> that's, um, I mean, starting my freshman year of college, especially like booking an equity house immediately, like I, I can make money doing this. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, now, if I could go back to my younger <laughs> self and like, just, just, just so you know, that program i got my best education working in professional theater yes i could have stayed the course and not lied to my parents and (laughs) and gotten a psychology major and i think that would have been a great thing to do Mm -hmm. and i know that there's a lot of people who say you know you shouldn't have a backup because whatever but like i could have majored in psychology and still done professional theater. theater yeah so 
uh, oh well, didn't do nope. it. Lied to my parents. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad. That's the past. It happened. <laughs> it happened. And then I am where I am now. Yeah. 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 So what do your parents think of you being an actor now? Well, they didn't think <laughs> much they? of it. Well, I remember like the biggest deal was I graduated um, uh, in 2004 from college and then booked Miss Saigon at Fifth Avenue Theater, which is like yeah, the big that's theater. The best theater. The there. best, like the, the huge musical yeah. theater that isn't touring. And that show... I'm sure this is similar to a lot of young women, mm-hmm. was the show that made me realize, oh, they might want me. Mm. Theater might want me. Because yeah. look at Leia Salonga, well, right? Yeah, that's that's everyone. Yeah. And, you know, I would look at, oh, what else has she done? Oh, I can also do that because mm-hmm. Leia did that. She forged away from me. So Miss Saigon, like, specifically Kim, but like anything, like I loved that musical because that is the musical that got me. Mm-hmm. That opened me up to that idea. What did you do in the show? Were you ensemble? Did I you was bar girl number five. Yes. But but it was the idea of like I just graduated from college yeah, and like that's I booked this show, this dream show. The so biggest. it was like yeah, and so I remember t- telling my dad like because they used to take me to Fifth Avenue Theater. Uh, like we used to see things. I was like I booked Fifth Avenue Theater. I'm so in like Saigon. The like yeah, the they like the arts. Little did they know that like they exposed <laughs> me too much that I would want to be in it. Like sorry. <laughs> parents if you want if you don't want it to happen just like i don't know shelter shelter protect even but more than yeah that's what is just the problem um <laughs> teach them to ride a bike um but uh yeah i remember telling my dad like dad i got miss saigon at fifth avenue and he's like oh what are you playing and i was like oh i'm in the ensemble i get to play all these roles he's like yeah, yeah. uh why aren't you kim <sighs> so oh, so they weren't like super impressed um, did they come see it yeah, although, okay, at that time, I met Chad, my husband, um, a little bit before we started rehearsals, and we started dating then, and we, the choreographer did not know that we were together, and Wait, we, he was in the show? He was in the show, he's so He was good. one of the GIs? He's one of the GIs, and I, I grinded that. on him that yes. entire first scene, and, and I was it, like, am I- still grinding on <laughs> Today, years later- more than 10 years later but my dad hadn't met Chad and so I was like oh crap he's gonna see me grind on this guy and then I have to introduce him so I got my dad the worst seat possible so he couldn't tell which I was a bad kid everyone I was a liar so when when so after like directly after the show after curtain call (laughs) I was like this is Chad the great thing is though like when you are in the back of Fifth Avenue Theater you cannot tell which Asian is which so like I don't think he knew that that was me grinding on Chad, um, I, we need to we need to do some like <laughs> we need to interview your parents now. I don't like, think we do. Know? I don't think we do. <laughs> and I did descend from a pair of giant chopsticks, but yeah. So <laughs> as Miss Chinatown, because we can afford the car. Um, my, but my so my parents saw me that, and that wasn't a big deal. And then late, I mean, I I've had pretty steady work like since college, and they come to see some things. Yeah. Do they, do they still live they don't, out there? Yeah, so they don't come to see my my shows in Chicago because yeah. they just can't. The minute that they, I felt validated by them for my career was when I booked this American <laughs> Family Insurance commercial <laughs> that aired during Super Bowl, and what? then they were like, oh, "You've made it!" Oh my gosh, I want, is this somewhere? I oh, want to see it's, this. it's on my website. I think part of it was just. 
an actor's life is so scary to not just Asian parents, but like parents of yeah. like the life it's we so choose. Different. The fact that I go on unemployment so many times, they're I like, what? Why do you do that? Why don't you work at the shoe store again? You know, like, you know, I uh, don't want to work at the shoe store, but but that's stable work. And, and, and we chose a life that is unstable. Yeah. And so like when they saw that commercial, I think what they they realize it's like, oh, oh there is possibility yeah, there. she can at least pay for things. Because yeah. I said, like, this helped us pay for this, this, and this. And yeah. like, oh, thank goodness. Just keep doing that. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I'll keep working national commercials. Right. Um, but, <laughs> the select few. Of- <laughs> right, right, that I happen to. But, yeah, so I think, uh, I think they are proud of me in a different way. I think it's just kind of, it's a weird mentality. Mm-hmm. When you want your kids to choose the most. But what do they do? What is their profession? What do they do? <laughs> Uh, they're both accountants and oh. I suck at math. Um, real bad at math. Yeah. They, they chose the most practical yeah. profession and I think they wanted that for me and my little brother and, and, and we don't want, we reject that. I think that's a very common thing for a lot of people our age, I think. Yeah. Because did your parents immigrate here? They did. The they first came. generation? Or, or my dad. They were, they were yeah. My dad came uh, to the Philippine, uh, from the Philippines to Seattle because his brothers had already moved here. Right. Um, like right after he got engaged to my mom and uh-huh. she was still fil- finishing school. Yeah. And then she moved as soon as she graduated. Okay. Um, they got married in the Philippines and then they settled mm. here and then they had me. Oh. Yeah. And so... But I am nothing but American. Yeah. Like honestly, I yeah, they I, didn't... I don't know if this is, I think this is also common. My parents didn't want to teach me Tagalog Mm -hmm. because they wanted me to assimilate as soon as possible. They Mm -hmm. thought that I'm so sad that that happened. And I understand why. I understand why I do. But uh, because, you know, as kids, kids can learn languages, so So, many languages at the same time at that point. It's harder as we get older. Yeah, definitely. And, um, but my parents really wanted me to, um, speak English very well, mm-hmm. which, um, I sometimes can do less, less so now <laughs> Not after, after I've graduated. Um, I think it's funny because they wanted me to keep up academically and, and speech wise as, but I think specifically my dad, my mom actually loved Western culture. My dad really did want me to be more Filipino than American. And Mm. that didn't necessarily rub off because, you know, I was friends with black people and Japanese people and Latino people. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, so we just saw each other as Americans and I thought of myself as an American and, and, you know, and there were girls who only hung out with other Filipino girls. And I rejected that because I thought that was boring. And I just didn't want any part I, of it. Yeah, that is that, that does happen though. Mm-hmm. Like they, a lot of people. I, I remember seeing that in growing up too. They a try lot to of, find they, they each try other. To, try to keep each other and like yeah. stay in each other's. Like circle. I understand you, and I. Yeah. I mean, from an early age, I was like, "That's a little racist," <laughs> which it isn't actually. But at the time, I was like, "Oh, I don't want to be part of that because yeah. that seems snobby." Yeah. Um, and I understand why people do it, but we didn't have to because we were all coming from the same place, starting yeah. in kindergarten. Yeah. So like. There wasn't a reason for me to, and and you know, so uh, I just didn't identify really with. I just called myself an American. Yeah. And I was very Western. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Except for not learning how to ride a bike. And <laughs> we're, work, my house. we're gonna work on that. Leaving, leaving my you house. You wheels. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna get you on wheels. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so tell tell me where Seattle and then and Chicago. Chicago came into because I don't I don't know that story yeah. about you. Uh, so Seattle, 
I didn't actually ever want to leave Seattle. And if you have you gone to Seattle? I've never been, but I've always if you to go, go, you won't want to leave either. Yeah. And I, I truly believe it's one of the most beautiful places. Everything is I mean, the water is right there. I know, the f- yeah. Fish, the food is so good. Yeah. Um and I mean, I guess, yeah, we are really passive aggressive in a different way than Midwesterners <laughs> are, but like people are so kind yeah. and there's, I mean, yeah, there's hippy dippy stuff, and, but it's mm-hmm. kind of in a wonderful way. And, and, and at the time that I was going to school there, the art scene was so exciting. And, mm-hmm. and the only other scene that I, you know, as I started to read about theater, um, that was interesting to me was actually Chicago, not mm. New York, because of what was starting to happen in Seattle when I was in college was a lot of new works were happening, a lot of experimentation, a lot of, yeah. which is what Chicago was. was known for. Oh, totally. And, and that was a scene that I was just like, oh, well, sh- if I ever have to leave Seattle, mm-hmm. I go to Chicago, but I never want to leave Seattle. <laughs> and I didn't. All my friends and family were there. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful. It's so livable. Yeah. And, you know, um, and I had just gotten married and, you know, but when we, or I had just gotten engaged mm-hmm. and when Chad, who can be a triple threat, a quadruple threat of singer, dancer, actor, but wisely chose to be a marketing person <laughs> for theater in arts administration, he got a job offer. He was working at Intamon at the time. Well, he got a job offer from a few places, and we, we drove out to Missoula. I did not want to live in Missoula. That's no offense to Missoula. Different. That's a little different. Their Macy's is the size of, size of my condo. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we, we they flew us out to North Light, which meant that like he was heavy contender right. for the position. And like I loved Chicago, and and he loved just this job. And I Have didn't want here before. I hadn't. Oh. I'd never been anywhere except Seattle. Wow. And so, but I also knew like okay, Seattle. I've worked almost. I had at that point worked all the places that I was going to work and make money. Now that said, I had just started to hit a stride in Seattle. And so it was kind of hard to leave because I was scared of never having a career again. Yeah. You know, Um, like once you make a name and you're like, crap, I have to start over. I have to start over. Is it going to be easy to start over? And it really wasn't. So, Mm -hmm. so Chad took the Northlight job and, and, um, we, we moved over there engaged. So we Mm -hmm. stayed there for a year um, while well, he kind of figured that job out and we moved to Evanston, okay. which is where Northwestern yeah. University is. I went a year and a half of, of selling shoes at this lovely shoe store mm-hmm. that was not theater. <laughs> I had to turn down theater gigs that I did get because it conflicted with my work schedule. Oh my gosh, that's um, so hard. I did, I mean like, I, I lucked out though because I, um... I, I did this, I did a bunch of generals, but one, one was for a general for Chicago Children's Theater. Okay. And, um, they remembered me from a general and they put me in this reading for a hundred dresses. Okay. Um, which wasn't a thing yet. And I did workshops with that, with a, the same group of people. And in that first workshop was this lovely actor named Jeff Rice, mm-hmm. who said, what are you doing next week? I said nothing, literally nothing, <laughs> sitting in my house with a chocolate chip Hungry cookie dough life. and vodka. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you should audition for Barrel of Monkeys. Mm. Um, I'm, it's my theater company and we're having auditions. Right. And and I looked it up and I was like, sketch comment. I don't know what the children's theater, I don't know what, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I went and I did my Judy Garland impression as my audition because they said literally do anything. And then I got a call back and then I got in. And the thing about Barrel of Monkeys is 
everyone knows people in Barrel of Monkeys. So once I got that, I started to like get jobs here and there. And and that's the thing about Chicago theater is like, once you get in, you can get in. You just need to get in. Yeah, that's the hardest part. Yeah. So what year was this? What year year was this? 2006. 2006. Well, 2006 okay. to 2007, I didn't do anything. Right. I, would, then... I sold. I probably sold you a shoe. <laughs> and then 2000. Maybe a lady shoe. Right. 2007 <laughs> through 2008 was around the time I did my professional stint as an understudy for all the Asian women in Chicago. Oh. <laughs> and I did all of the but, understudy. Yeah, but it got you in. Well, that's what that's understudying people... is. It pays. It pays dues. It pays your dues. Yeah. And so I, I understudied for Chicago Children's for Steppenwolf for good goodman was my first one for mary zimmerman i got to go oh. on for that one. Oh, that's amazing which is like that doesn't happen what show was that um a mirror of the invisible world okay and um uh, which was a very diverse show actually mm. um all i did was understudying which after a year that's a lot it got to be kind of You're like all right sad enough. <laughs> <laughs> right because then i get antsy and i just want to do it yeah so then the following year though uh i I auditioned, I think it was like, I was still understudying and I, there was another understudy audition on the table or offer on the table. And I just went on this audition for Wait Until Dark at Court Theater. Mm. And I was just like, God, I love this play. I could do this role. Yeah. I love this role. I could totally do this play. And I got, and I, you know, I auditioned and I saw all these, like all these beautiful white girls in the mm-hmm. lobby and, mm-hmm. and you know, all these other women that I'd seen before. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get this, but they will get to know my work because I at least understand this role. Yeah. And they'll see good work from me. And, you know, that's the attitude that we should always go in with. And I did it also because I think I was so artistically frustrated at that point that I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I have nothing to lose. Exactly. I'm just going to go do my best work because I'm so tired of not being able to do this. Yeah. And I think probably that edge got me the part, but I really didn't think I was going to get it. The director was Ron O.J. Parson, who really was interested in having a diverse cast. And he wanted that vision. And so when I got the offer, I remember my agent calling me and saying, "They, they want you to do the role. I was like, like to understudy? And he's like, no, you're going to, you're going to be in the show. You're the lead. And it took me like, I had to like start that. I think it's similar to you with song. Like I even had to open and still, I couldn't believe it and was scared of it. And like, I, I had gone from not doing anything like on stage to being a lead at a major production and hoping, like, deep down, you hope and you know, especially when it's nowhere near, like, fruition. I can do that. I can do anything. Mm-hmm. And we should but have then that. You're <laughs> then you're in it. you're like, oh, I don't know. Am I a fraud? Am I just pretending? Maybe all of the doubts are correct. Yeah. Um, but a it's lot so of it. It's so responsibility. It is responsibility. You don't realize it until you actually do it. And then it's just like, I need to live up to that. But it's also like, for me, I had to fight that box that people were putting all of mm-hmm. us in of, like, Wait, why did they cast? Did they just cast me because they wanted an Asian for this? Why did they right. cast me? Like, do I deserve? Th- and it's so wrong because yeah. if you're right for the part, you're right for the part. But like, yeah. we had been put in boxes. I had been put in Joy Luck Club, and and not that that's bad. And we put like, ourselves in boxes. But too, that was my but... thing of like, I had to get this awesome director who had a bigger vision for me yeah. to like take me aside and say, you can do that. You are mm-hmm. better than this box that you put yourself yeah. in. But it took me going through that play. I maybe needed to like 
go through that whole run and then close and then have that realization. I feel like I, don't I feel the think same way. I, I appreciated it in the moment because I was so scared. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I feel the same way. Like I, I don't, I, I think I'm sure I learned a lot of stuff, but God, if I could go back now and do that again, I know I could do that role better. <laughs> of course. Obviously. Of course. That's, that's the actor. Obviously. Like, I do this but this I was, time. I was working through my fears and my, my freaking racial hangups about yeah. myself. And yeah. it wasn't until that point where I could see for myself, you shouldn't just have the same resume that every Asian actress in America has. Yeah. And I was working towards that up until that point mm-hmm. of like Miss Saigon, Leon in South Pacific, yeah. you know, all those things, which isn't bad, but we are more than that. And like it took Ron OJ putting me in an Audrey Hepburn freaking role yeah. um, for me to, to realize that. get that, yeah. which is huge. So, but, so... So what do you do? Do you go, do you see yourself going out for like a lot of different kind of roles now? Do you do you take that with you and you're you're like I'm gonna do I'm gonna try all these different things. And I try try, try I, to put yourself outside of your own box. I do it. try. I mean, like he, what I will say is, um, and uh, Lynn Bieber from Northlight and Chad often sa- uh, has to tell me stop trying to be the casting director because that yeah. is not your job. Yeah. And but because, you are. But, but you technically do now you I do, am a casting director. But so. but not for myself. <laughs> and so like sometimes when we script, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't be good for that. If I'm called in for that, it's my job to find my way in. Yeah. Like I cannot do like Sean Cross's version of this role because she's going to do that. Mm-hmm. What would my way in be? And maybe I wouldn't cast myself in that, but we kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the casting director and the director's job to say whether or not it fits their production. We don't know what their big picture yeah. is. Um, but I still have a hard time with that. Yeah. I always, to this day, like, oh, did they mean to call this is an accident? I don't want to work on the side. You know, <laughs> you know, because I don't want to read the script. They didn't mean for me to be whatever. Um, but you know, I I do it was intentional, like from wait until dark on to not just go after Asian roles. Mm-hmm. Like at, at that point, I was like, okay, I know my age range. I'm I'm tiny yeah. and I, I read maybe younger than I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kind of make widen my age range to like um, 19 to 30s something mm-hmm. and and go after every role that isn't specifically ethnic in any other way yeah. um, and go after those roles. And, you know, I did it with a vengeance. And, and luckily, you know, Erica Daniels and, and Adam Belcour, like they would indulge me yeah in that and i didn't always get those roles but to to be in those waiting rooms with other ingenues who did not look like me that's, that's right. moving yeah and what what should be the case so you feel like there's more of an inclusive casting here I, now i than wish when you than when you moved here when i moved here yes i remember sitting i think performing was still a thing then um, and, uh, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I think there's making a comeback. Is that true? Let's check. Let's Google <laughs> Fact it later. Check. Fact <laughs> check. Um, but I remember reading a thing of like, it was for a George Bernard Shaw or a Moliere or something like that. And it said seeking only white actors and my heart mm. just sank. And first of all, you would never see that today. No. And I can't remember what theater company that was, but I was just like, oh my God, they don't want me here. Wow. You know? And so, and here's the thing. I don't know that that's true anymore. 
but I don't know that they do want me. You have to want yourself in those rooms. Oh, yeah, you have to you have to believe that yeah. you can be, be that role. Yeah, and so I think like right now role. there is a push for more inclusivity because inclusion because 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 people are making us think about it and we all have to do that yeah. like constantly um, until we guilt and shame people <laughs> into doing it correctly until it's shame habit. But it's not That's habit true. yet. But I will say around the time when I started to get in these waiting rooms with other ingenues and other people who do not look like me, um, which is a weird goal and maybe like uh, counterintuitive, but uh, was a goal of mine. Um, I was aggressive because I knew I had to be, mm-hmm. but I wasn't seeing lots of other people of color in that room. Oh. And it wasn't that I was better. So you were like the pioneer. But I don't think that's true. I think it's just that like, I was aggressive mm-hmm. and there weren't at that time. Now there are, and God bless the, you know, college, uh, colleges that are teaching those kids to be very, very aggressive. Yeah. At the time we were, people were being kept in their place mm-hmm. and they were being the good actors of like, not trying to make too much noise, especially, I hate to put the stereotype on, especially Asian American actors. Mm-hmm. I was one of them for mm-hmm. a very long time of like, well, you don't want to, you know, raise a ruckus or mm-hmm. whatever because mm-hmm. that's not nice. And and that's how, at least for me personally, how I was raised. Right. To be, you know, good and, yeah. like, you know, follow the rules. Yeah, blah, blah, which blah. is so, like, stereotypically it's Asian. Totally, oh, no. I, yeah. totally, yeah, I get it. <laughs> which is why, like, all of a sudden people are, like, freaking out about, oh, Asian people are angry about yellow face. Yeah, we always have been, but <laughs> we now we have blogs. Yeah. Now we have a podcast, yeah. you know, but I think because it's so unusual and it wasn't that I was being like, I don't necessarily have the capacity to be scary, angry. And mm-hmm. I wasn't coming at it from that way, but I was being insistent and writing cover letters and saying, I see you're doing this in your season. I would love to be seen for this role if it's not already cast. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that everyone else in my age range was doing that. Yeah. And I think that's why I ended up in those waiting rooms, not because I was any better or more trained, because I definitely wasn't yeah, than yourself, other people. You, yeah, you made the but, opportunity. Yeah, and sometimes like... And but a, you have to do that. As a casting and, director, I will say, that is helpful because what if we forget to think about you? I am yeah. relieved that you reminded me about exactly. you. Thank exactly. God, let's put you in the room. Yeah, let's call you back. Yeah. And and I think, you know, that's that's where you kind of have to, you have to think of it as you are helping the casting director solve a problem that they might not know how to solve mm-hmm. and you might be their solution. You put yourself in the, right. put your piece in the puzzle. Exactly. And so, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I was very, very, very lucky in that way, but I think it came out of amazing. frustration. That's amazing. I didn't take some of that. <laughs> You take your artistic frustration and, and you let it bubble and, and then, then you, you go <laughs> and you write you cover, put it out of you the write cover letters <laughs> and you know do good work and blah 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 whatever yeah but yeah yeah um what was it oh, shoot what was I going to ask you oh so so we were talking about inclusion and I want you to like explain about your Chicago inclusion project oh because, the Chicago yes, inclusion because project. that's like your project right it is so that that was born of artistic frustration too <laughs> so much so, of it so basically we're just really we're so frustrated. frustrated. Um, <laughs> you know, I it, it it had been a long time coming. Um, we we sit in in dressing rooms and back backs of bars and you know um, hushed whispers and we we talk about how frustrating it is mm-hmm. that we can't, can't get seen for these roles and whatever. But then nothing gets done and we just end up frustrated. Yeah. And then we go see shows and it's whatever. 
I just had this idea of like, God, can we just do something other than talk? And I'd gone to diversity panels and they all are the exact same diversity panel. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever takes a course of action, but right. lots of directors say, we're working on it. And then nothing happens. Yeah. Or like one actor of color is in their children's play and that's yep. it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not enough. And like, but I knew I didn't want to start a theater company because mm-hmm. that's exhausting. That's a lot. So... I had the idea with a few other um, awesome actors in in town who were also frustrated, saying, like, let's just put on an American play as a reading because mm-hmm. that's cheap. Yeah. We can do it at a theater company that is handicap accessible, that would partner with us on an off night mm-hmm. and go from there and... I found this play by William Saroyan and let's pitch it to Victory Gardens because they do inclusive stuff all the time. Yeah. So. Find your allies. Yeah. So I found, I think it was during Christmas time, we were in this cabin snowed in in Minnesota <laughs> and I had a lot of whiskey <laughs> and um, I read and Brilliant re-read. ideas. Oh, that's, that's what it happened. <laughs> Tequila Sunrise. Um, Chad had been in a great production of Time of Your Life in Seattle okay. and he had been talking about the script. I missed that there was a huge production of it that Tina Lando, I think Tina Lando, somebody at Steppenwolf did. Okay. And and it was it was very famous. Mm-hmm. And um, I missed it, but it was also done at Seattle Rep. So like that name had been you know circling, and I finally sat down and read it at mm-hmm. this Christmas break in between like chapters of Flowers in the Attic. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, we're not doing Flowers in the Attic, guys. Don't worry. Um, but uh, I read Time of Your Life, and I was like, oh my god, I already know like. 10, 10 people that I would cast immediately from this. Yeah. And, you know, I, again, had been so blessed to be working with, to have worked with so many people, either from shows I'd understudied right. or just readings yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. We collect our people, right? Yeah, exactly. And we also collect, I was a fangirl for so many of these Chicago actors. And I was like, you know, it's just one night. What if they say yes? So I collected this dream cast mm-hmm. and then I emailed them on Christmas Day, I believe. And a lot of them got back to me immediately and they said, I'm in. That's amazing. Um, and and it was just going to be this thing. And then I was like, oh, this will be so easy. So then I sat down with Luther at Actors Equity. And I was like, so how much is this thing going to cost? And he's like, $3,000. Because it's a giant play. And most of the people that we wanted to cast were equity. Which is also an issue in town of if an actor of color starts to get work from a young age they turn equity right away and then they stop working yep. because it's too expensive. And if they can have a white actor who can play the role who is cheap, they're going to go with that person. And also mm-hmm. because it doesn't take a lot of imagination. Right. Um, and this happens again and again. And then like awesome, awesome actors People. of color or actors of color who needed more experience but got turned equity too soon do not get, get the, the practice. Yeah, they don't get the so then they are called in for the one Chinese play that the Goodman does yeah. or the, you know, and, and, and we get put in those boxes again, right? So time of your life, you were just asking people to play Americans, yeah. period. That's it. And um, I remember pitching this idea because I, I was thinking maybe... There's no way we could have done this. Maybe we could do this at the Gift Theater, which is a tiny, tiny space. And mm-hmm. uh, Michael's like, I'd like to help. Um, well, I was hoping that he would help me produce. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> I'm already doing a theater company. But but let me know what else I can do. And, you know, he was really great about talking to me. But the main takeaway from that conversation, um, as we drove home in the rain, I think we'd gone to see a timeline show, mm-hmm. um, was 
he said, MJ, you can't just do this once. Mm -hmm. If you do a reading, even if it's successful, even if you sell it out, it goes away and people feel good for going and then nothing else happens. Right. You have to do this over and over again. I was like, that's like a theater company. <laughs> oh like God. That's like that sounds like so much hard to like that conversation. He was right. But mm -hmm. that conversation with my conversation with actors equity of like, this takes actual money propelled me to do an Indiegogo campaign because I couldn't raise that money on my yeah. own. But doing an Indiegogo campaign, at least for me, asking, begging people to raise $3,000, which we did. Yeah. Um, and then some. We had to, and then some, we had to show Chicago how important it was. And all of a sudden it was like, I was just going to do this quiet little reading. It was going to be my small offering yep. to the community. I suddenly had to become this voice that I wasn't. Yeah. I was just an actor. Yeah. I just wanted to be an actor. It became a huge thing. <laughs> it became a huge thing and it, ha it became a thing that was like, as we continued to do these marketing um, videos for Indiegogo, I realized, I mean, we'd interviewed these actors who were like, I never get to tell this story and I never get to play this role. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, transgender community and the disabled community, they're like, they're all coming out saying, I'm giving you money because I want this to change in our community. I was like, oh shit. I, oh, um, I <laughs> have, that's to, amazing I have to keep doing this. That's it's amazing. just not at all. I was gonna do one reading. <laughs> This I was, was just going to do one like reading. One time. And, I, and then I could have gone on my way, way, merry way and like not just been responsible for myself. Right. Um, but that's not what we're necessarily here to do as artists. And like, and then I realized, my God, when I was in kindergarten, I wanted to be a missionary. And bringing it back. We don't necessarily have to be insular when we're artists. Mm -hmm. And I think especially like if I'm, and I think I'm in a moment of privilege yeah. of I know enough people. I am an actor of color who's also equity, who works sometimes yeah. enough that like my name is out there. So yeah. I, I can connect people and I can say, hey, Michael Halberstam at Writers, can we use your space? Yes, you can. Can yeah. we can we have this at timeline? Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. And and there are enough actors and artists and directors who are like, oh, we need to do this differently in Chicago. Yeah. That that dialogue among all the theater companies, not just one group of people, mm -hmm. they all want to make that change. They don't all know how. And I think that's also important that like a lot of the directors who've reached out to me say, I want it to be different. How do we make it different? Because I've only been doing it this one way, which is so great because I because thank them and I say, at least you're, you're saying this. About, yeah, at least you're... If you feel you stupid want. and you sound, you think you sound stupid, great, then we can correct that. If yeah. you're staying silent and sounding stupid in your head, nobody knows and nothing yeah. can get changed. Yeah. But like when you reach out and say, I need help and I don't know what else we can do aside from provide another perspective. Yeah. Um, which a lot of the people in our collective have, mm -hmm. um, then let's do that because it's already more than what some theater companies are doing. Exactly. And then if we can provide a stage picture to their organization, to their audiences, and to their artistic ensemble, and mm -hmm. say, hey, you wanted to do this Tennessee Williams play, but look at all the people who could possibly be in it. And if it doesn't work, tell me why it doesn't. Yeah. And if they can't articulate it, then we move on from there with a conversation. But like, that's where we want to be going. And I think that is the future of theater. And it is entirely possible in Chicago because there's so much diversity. But right oh now gosh, it's segregated yes. yeah. and we don't need to be that way. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's just, it's, it's 
I, I sound like I'm making it more important than it is, but it's really just if we can be the jumping off point, mm-hmm. then all these other theater companies can take what we're talking about and expand it there because they have the resources that we don't have. Okay. We're just a bunch of actors with mm-hmm. a website who want to do readings and have discussions with you. That's all. Yeah. You guys have the power. We are not the power. We mm-hmm. are not the decision makers. Yeah. And so it's really just... Chicago Inclusion Project is really just providing an awareness and a way to have the conversation and and empowering artists and theater companies that they can be inclusive mm. because some of them don't know that they can. Right. And that's that's useful in and of itself. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Just giving so. them the ideas and the options. Yeah. And just that. say like, well, let, let, let's just try this thing. It's just a reading. So yeah. there's no risk. Let's just and try this thing. It. Then, and they then they see, see it. it. And you're like, oh, and, you it's know, a, it gives the spark or the idea. Of... And it's entirely possible to, you just yeah. have to have the agenda to do it. Yeah. And people don't yet. So mm-hmm. like, that's, that's where it is right now. Next up, uh, professionally, like the big ones, Writers theater in their new space. Yes. And then timeline and timeline theater. Okay. Yeah. So those are our next ones for the end of this year. And it's very, very exciting and a lot of work. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited. I want to come. Yeah. Let me know. I'm going to come. (laughs) Okay. So, okay. So changing, changing it a little bit Mm -hmm, up. mm -hmm. A little bit. Yeah. Um, I know you are passionate about food. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what are your What are your choice foods? My choice foods. Like categories. Oh God. Other Wait. than Mariana. Oh God. Oh yeah, Mariana's in general. The Mariana's is a life. That's a lifestyle. <laughs> Not so much as a category. Um. My gosh. You know, I. My favorite my favorite meal that I miss so much and I, I have made it myself before. It's just so hard. Um, kare kare, uh, kare kare is, um, it's a Filipino oxtail stew with peanut sauce and vegetables. And, um, Isla Filipina on Lawrence makes a very good one. Okay. But my dad used to make, it's total comfort food. Total comfort food. Hearty soup. Yeah. 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 But like, Meat and fat. <laughs> oh, so like good. A stew almost? Yeah. And oh. then over rice with peanut. Oh, oh my gosh. So good. Yes, let's I go. Mean, We're in, going. In general, like, <laughs> um, uh, Filipino food is just like, it's, it's so childhood. Good. Yeah. That's my childhood. And, and I mean, if you think about like, the Filipinos make soul food. They do. You're, you're it's right. all comfort soul food. You're right. There's nothing pretentious really about mm-hmm. it. At least, you know, the, the stuff that your parents were making. And my dad was such a good, good Filipino cook. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that just out of nostalgia. Two more questions. Two more questions. Two okay. more questions. First, mm-hmm. favorite role you've played. Oh, jeez. And then your dream role. Oh, man. That you haven't played. Oh, those are good questions. My favorite role. You've, you've done it. You've done it all. I have not done it you've all. You've done quite a bit. I have to say, I mean, like, my favorite role that I would gladly like tomorrow jump into any production, even at a college, <laughs> even at a grade school, I would do Philip Dawkins's failure love story, and I would want to play Jenny June. Okay. But actually, I'm, I, I'm going to read that. Like, you should. Tomorrow. It's a, it's free. It's free right it's now. Free? Okay, okay, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> but um, I would actually I would work through because I did Nelly in the workshop. I would play any. I told Philip I would give up my equity card. I would play a coat rack. I I needed to be in that production. That play, but specifically the role that I got to do at Victory Gardens, right. that was my favorite thing that I've ever done. Okay. Um, and uh, although uh, 
Uh, Comrade Chin was really fun. Oh, I mean, I mean, was, for so many reasons. Oh, you were amazing. No, I wasn't. But but it was <laughs> but but that was also like I did have nightmares about like Chinese people uh, complaining to court theater that I was doing it wrong. So like, <laughs> well, there was I, at least a, <laughs> you weren't the only <laughs> I know, one. I know. You weren't but, the only one. But the freedom that Jenny June, because it was a new work, there was there's something about a new work, right? Yeah. Where you're the first person and to do, do that. There's freedom. Yours. Totally and in the way that Philip wrote that script was like. I feel like he wrote my heart. Mm. I knew what those voices were. Mm-hmm. Like I knew what my Jenny June was already. Yeah. So that, um, and my dream role, God. That you haven't played. That I haven't played. You know what it used to be? And it's not anymore because I'm a realistic person. <laughs> I used to desperately want to be Anita in West Side Story. Oh. But that's a dance role. Yeah, but it's still a dream role. It's a dream role. Like, I mean, it might still be that, although I would be literally anything in the Hamilton. But there's something about, you know, Anita, she gets to do the comedy until it turns and then she gets to be the heavy hitter. And and there's something about the heart um, and she's so womanly. She's just one of the better written characters Mm -hmm. in musical theater. Mm -hmm. And I... She has such a great arc. She has a huge arc. And I think I've seen so many productions of it and when they cast an actor... In that mm-hmm. role, it's amazing. It's it, it it is almost the role in that mm-hmm. show. It is. Yeah. So I mean, it might still be that, honestly. Okay. Um, and I I don't want to dance, so like probably <laughs> I want to return. We'll, we'll have a dream Anita for you. A dream Anita. Please. She'll just like come out with a crazy wig. Oh my god. <laughs> then they'll just like so jump great. in for the last pose so of great. the dance. I mean, I used to think that like I would just do everything that Leia Salongo did, but like that's that's not a thing anymore. That's not a thing. So yeah, that those are my answers. I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to oh it. My God, that's amazing. Okay, and your and our final question. Oh, the, my final final question. Final final question. Yes. When you go to a buffet, <laughs> what is your strategy? Enjoy. <laughs> that question do you? I'm doing it with disgust <laughs> in my soul all right all right when I go to a buffet my well do okay. you go to buffets I don't well because there's Mariano's which is like there's a hot bar <laughs> oh, and there's a so you know somewhat. technically that's a buffet um when I go to a buffet which I also equate to a Filipino <laughs> family party okay those are buffets okay and weddings like a pot those are still but you know, like weddings there's lot. buffets at weddings anyways yes. but but there is a thing of like you know fear of food not being there always so like I do I do load up my plate oh you're a loader I'm a loader <laughs> but don't get it twisted I can go back for a second and third plates they'll just be smaller portions <laughs> but the first plate is very loaded because I just want it's, you, want it's a, you know you, you know everything. it's a sampling thing of yeah. like okay what am I going to go back for the next time so I just get a little bit of everything right, and like what combinations so stuff. like this 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 and this <laughs> on this plate I'm going to go back but larger portions the next time Time. And then the and third then, time. Yeah, and it's the, the perfect plate. Or dessert. <laughs> or, and usually the third plate, let's be honest, full plate, first plate, full plate, second plate, full plate, third plate, but I don't finish the third plate. So I'm a little bit of a waster, and I really should learn by then, but like, you know, at that point I'm probably drinking wine, and I don't know. I feel like you're going to be the only one that answers this question. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I think there will be others. I think there are closet buffet goers. And I, I don't, I think this is true. This is my soul and my heart in a buffet strategy. Oh, that's so, amazing. Yeah. All right, I'm Joy. Great. Thank you. 
for all of your insights. Thank you for your questions <laughs> and for asking that horrible buffet question oh, anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to keep on doing it just to, just to just, get just the, cleanse. So everyone says, I don't like it. <laughs> so I can no, just hear it. No, no, it's not going to happen every time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Specific Overtures. Tune in next time for our interview with Philip Dawkins. Music